Hi, I'm Eric, also known as v 47 from the Ranger Command Power Hour and the Starfleet Escape Podcast. You're listening to another great Four-Eyed Radio product. For more shows, check out foureyedradio.com. It's Morphin Time! Today on Ranger Command Power Hour. The news is light on the Power Rangers. We, we are entering the dead zone. Yeah, we are. I mean, the next big event is going to be, what, the Power Month? Or the, the the next Hasbro thing that they do? Yeah, presumably. Because, I mean, hiatus, man. Like, this is going to get... Maybe we need to take a vacation during the hiatus. <laughs> well, I mean, that's why I came up with that idea. Yeah. And then I plan to do, like, more different content. I've been planning that thing with from Because I want to do a, like, history of Power Ranger yeah, that'd be a good one. And what else? I got to get with to see when we're going to record that. I had to work on the show notes. Like, it, it doesn't have to be out until May 4th, obviously, but right. we'll probably have to record that in the next week. Yeah. So I got to at least get a framework for show notes because I want to do some fun things. You know, I want to make it like the podcast music intro different, come up with a alternate version, like how we've done it in the past. So yeah. Hello. 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 Okay, that that worked. Alright, that's bizarre. Okay, I guess maybe it wasn't that. Who knows? Tonight huh? on Unsolved Mysteries. <laughs> We've talked about this. I, I hated that theme song as a kid. It's right, it's the scariest theme song. Ugh. Was I the only, like, seven-year-old who enjoyed watching that? Or? Oh, don't get me wrong. I love it. <laughs> hell out of the show. But the theme song just... Yeah. Are we ready to do Audacity? Yep. Yeah, so let's uh, prep Audacity. Oh, yeah. Might want to do that. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, get ready to hit record. Oh, sh- I already hit record. All <laughs> right. Let me start. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that is classic. Uh, Shut up. Okay, now I'm good. Now I'm good. All right. Ready to hit record in three, two, one. And now on Ranger Command Power Hour. It's the Ranger Command Power Hour. Today on the Power Hour Extra, episode 74, Rangers Review Dino Fury, episodes 5 through 8, recorded on April 21st, 2021. Welcome to the Ranger Command Power Hour on the Four Eyed Radio Network. It's time to Ranger Up with your hosts. I'm Eric, also known as Trekkie B47. I'm AP, also known as Secret Ranger Fan. And I'm Zach, also known as Hollywood. This episode is brought to you by our patrons on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash Ranger Command PH to learn more about supporting Ranger Command Power Hour. Thanks to our $5 and above patrons, Chris P, Steve F, Ethan S, AJW, Eric D, Jacob P, Steve M, Tyler W, Tyler B, Tyler D, Leland D, Jason O, Liz M, Callum M, Craig M, Mason M, Hassan A, Bo H, Raheem Y, Josh P, Derek G, and Teresa B for supporting us this month. You can also go to linktr.ee slash rangercommandph for all of our links 
to everything related to the show, as well as our Amazon affiliate link at amazon.com slash shop slash ranger command PH. And why does that link have like two H's? <laughs> Ranger command. Ranger command. Okay. <clears throat> hey. Hey. It's time for a new Ranger command. Mm. Why did that sound like a Saturday morning? Hey, kids, it's time for a new Ranger command. <laughs> it reminds me of like Krusty from the Simpsons. Like, hey, kids. <laughs> <laughs> like, which one of us has the best Krusty laugh? Uh, hang on, kid. I got a tack in my head. Oh, I don't God. know about the laugh, but I can do the voice fairly well. <laughs> okay, I'm going to stop because that's creepy. <laughs> What does this show become? <laughs> uh, how how are you guys doing? What's what's going on? Uh, AP is slowly, after seven years, realizing she needs to maybe back out of this now. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> it's like, this is this is what I've been dealing with for this long. Why didn't anybody tell me? She can't. She's she's an integral part of this <laughs> show. What am I is. doing here? Oh my gosh! She's the heart of the show. Dang it! Well, you got a super cool gift in the mail if you want to if you want to shout that Ooh, out. Yes. So one of our listeners slash friends, we've known him for a while. I don't want to name yeah. names in case they don't want attention or anything. But he's like, hey, can I send you a birthday gift? And I'm like, sure. He already had my address. He sent me cards before. I was like, OK, cool. Like yeah. I was expecting like a card in the mail or something. And I go to my mailbox and I get this big old like it's like an envelope that um wouldn't fit in my actual mailbox i had to go pick it up at the desk at the post office oh dang and i get home i open it and it's a print from like, an artist who does drawings in the style of those uh early power ranger comic covers where they're holding their helmets in front of them yeah from from goni montez it's yeah it's in that style yeah he does prints in that style for basically every other ranger so like oh, he doesn't for like Dino Fury, SPD, like whatever, whatever Ranger. And our friend, he got the guy to do a custom one for me that is literally Dino Fury Green holding Lightspeed Rescue Yellow's helmet. That is freaking amazing. I opened it up and I actually said like, oh my God, out loud. I was like, holy shit, oh my God, like this is amazing. Literally when you posted the picture in, in the chat or on Facebook, Twitter, wherever I saw it first, I was like, that's awesome. Holy cow. It is the coolest thing. I don't know how many of our listeners follow me on Twitter, but I posted a picture of it there. I made sure that as soon as I realized exactly who drew it, I gave them a shout out and said, hey, yeah. you can follow him on Instagram here or buy a print from him on Etsy. I think his name is Carlos Zerwer. And I you can just check out my Twitter account. I've posted links to his stuff in case anybody else is interested in uh, getting something from him. And I'll make sure that those links are also posted in our show notes, uh, the link to your tweet, AP, and then also to yep. uh, the the store. It's yeah. it's really amazing. And I can't believe, because you've done that before. Like I've done Photoshop for your Twitter like with Beast Morphers, you've got the yellow light speed helmet on Beast Morphers yellow. And yes. then 
when Izzy became such a great character in the show, I was able to do the Photoshop for that one. And the fact that an in-joke is now this artist's, like, custom piece that's meant for you as a birthday gift, like, that's that's amazing. I know. It's quite easily. It's the coolest thing. And it's just, it's really... It's even more awesome in person to like my like mashup idea that Eric, you made that a reality with the, my mm-hmm. icon. And then just that someone commissioned basically a comic cover with that basic, I don't know, I want to say character, but it's not really a character. Just that idea as a comic cover. It's beautiful. It's amazing. It reminds me of like when our friend Jeremy Treese, who's been on the show in our early comics reviews, when he did that like mini comic of all of us like beaming into the quote unquote command center. Yes. And didn't see your face, AP. That was like the joke of the comic. Uh That's incredible to me. And and he did a a, me as a Shadow Ranger. And I actually got both of those printed. I really have to get those framed because it's... They're really cool. But no, that's that's amazing. I mean, shout out to Mysterious Benefactor, who <laughs> in front of the show. <laughs> but uh, no, we, we respect uh, their privacy. But yeah, AP, when you showed us that photo, I was like, oh my God, this is... This is so freaking cool. Yeah, it, it really is. Like, even just the pictures I posted. Yeah. I, they don't do it justice. It's, it's even cooler in person. How's the print quality? Because it even from the picture, it looks amazing. It's good. I don't know what it's printed on. There's, I don't know if you can see it when you zoom in. I mean, I can't really tell what kind of, it's like some kind of cardstock almost. Um, It's mm-hmm. nice, like glossy. It's solid. It's a nice, solid product. That is awesome. That's pretty cool. Zach, anything going on with you? No. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I dog sat for my sister this past weekend, so that was about it. Nice. Well, I got my second vaccine dose this past Saturday, and then Sunday, Teresa and I went out to Galena, Illinois, which is about a three-hour drive from where we live. And we planned this trip with a couple of her friends from work. And it's like the home of Ulysses S. Grant, the 18th president. Like, that's where he had his home built. And so you can actually go to the Ulysses S. Grant house. And it's kind of on this hill that overlooks all of downtown Galena. And they've got, like, this huge historic district and all these, like, really fancy specialty shops. And, like, the whole Main Street is just shopping and and tourists. So we had a pretty good day. And then Monday I felt like hot garbage because the remainder of the vaccine kicked in. And then Tuesday I was fine. Like, (laughs) like it was, it was like a switch. It was a switch. I know the side effects are probably going to kick my butt, but I don't care. I can't wait to get my second dose. Yeah. I got mine and I was a little, I was a little fluish the next day, but after that I was pretty much fine. Like it was like 24 hours. I felt fluish. And then the next day I was up and at him again. Yeah, I get so. mine on the 5th of May, so. Yeah. Oh, 5th of May? That's right after May the 4th. Indeed it is. So <laughs> maybe stay tuned to Ranger Command for something special on May the 4th. Well, that's enough of <laughs> the, the catching up. And I usually don't drag that out. We get right into news. But the news is light Ooh. now. The news is very light because, yeah, it's hiatus time, baby. <laughs> it's it it's sucks. the worst 
most horrible time of the year. For a Ranger fan. For Ranger fans. (laughs) When we actually like the show that's on the air. Yeah, for real, right? (laughs) So, (laughs) but no, we we do got some stuff planned uh, for the summer. So don't worry about uh, Ranger Command stuff, but... If you're a fan of the TV show, yeah, it's it's in hiatus right now. Oof. And we don't know about international spoilers and our policy is pretty much don't comment on them until the show comes back. But anywho, yep. we do have a couple news items that are both product related and also reading material related. So Power Rangers issue six Released today as we record this and out now is Power Rangers issue six from Boom Studios. The Omega Rangers have formed an uneasy alliance with Lord Draken, but now must trust Astronema and Ecliptor in order to survive. Do the would-be Princess of Evil and her mentor have something else planned for their new allies? So if you haven't already bought the issue, you can check out the preview pages on Ranger Command and my spoiler-free review of the issue. It's a good old-fashioned train heist because they're on the planet Onyx, which... Uh, The Onyx Tavern is already Wild West themed, so there is a train heist, but kind of with future stuff going on. So it's a pretty cool issue. I really enjoyed it. If you're catching up on the comics, now is is definitely a great time to do so. In other comics-type news, but from Power Rangers' original source with Super Sentai, also out this week, it came out on Tuesday, April 20th, is Super Sentai Himutsu Sentai Go Ranger, the classic manga collection hardcover, which is out now. That's from Seven Seas Entertainment at Go Manga. And I had this pre-ordered on Amazon. We'll actually have the Amazon link, which supports Ranger Command in the show notes. The description is an evil secret society called the Black Cross Army threatens world peace, and only an elite task force known as Earth Guard League, or Eagle, can stop them. After Black Cross Army destroys Eagle's headquarters across Japan, five young recruits survive. Hiding in a secret underground base, they are given enhanced battle suits that empower them with superhuman abilities, transforming the use into an unstoppable squad to combat evil. I love how epic that makes it sound. It's super awesome. Tied to the first Japanese Super Sentai Tokusatsu TV series ever made, this genre-defining work laid the groundwork for decades of such adventures, including the wildly popular Power Rangers franchise in North America. Read Shotaro Ishinomori's original manga adaption of Himutsu Sentai Go Ranger in this beautiful hardcover edition. And... I have it. It is indeed beautiful. They have it in the original manga format where you have to read from right to left and it's bound that way. It's a gorgeous hardcover. The art in it is super crisp. I haven't read all of it, but this is what started Super Sentai. This was uh, Go Ranger. This was the whole thing that started the TV show and the whole franchise, which, you know, bore Power Rangers eventually. So this is definitely the roots. It's a great presentation, and uh, I can't wait to maybe dive into it this weekend. So that's that's it for the news. That's, yeah. <laughs> we got two stories, and those are them. Yeah. 
But we are here to review Power Rangers Dino Fury episodes five through eight. Uh, we've got Winning Attitude, Superstition Strikes, Stego Search, and Unexpected Guest, which we will have a lot to talk about on that one. Can I just say, like, we're, we're, we're here to review yeah. them, but let's be honest, this is basically going to be an hour and a half of us heaping praise upon this show. Yeah. P- pretty much. <laughs> I mean, I've overall, I, I really like these episodes, and I really enjoy Dino Fury as a whole. You know, it even got Teresa back into watching it regularly. I don't know what it is about the Dino seasons, but she enjoys it, and I enjoy it, and we both enjoy it, and that's all that matters. It's a lot of fun. I may have some nitpicky things here and there, but Overall, this is the first time in a very long time that I am super sad that we're in hiatus. I tweeted that out. I said, you know, for the first time in a long time, I'm I'm upset that we're going into hiatus. And it was retweeted and liked by literally half the cast and crew. And I'm just like, <laughs> that's amazing. Like a, th- thanks, guys. The sen- senpai noticed me. Uh Oh, I'm in trouble. <laughs> it's so nice that this cast and this crew are so active on social and Mm -hmm. like paying attention to what the fans are saying, because it's important, I think for them to have that sort of, I don't want to necessarily call it an ego boost, but like, I I think it's good for them to know that like there are people behind them and and wishing them all the best and, and really cheering them on. You know what I mean? Well, I think that helps, especially since, you know, they're in the last few weeks of, filming the show. I mean, I think they wrap up production in, in May and (laughs) I fully believe that these last two months of, you know, fan interaction has probably really energized them after a very long and tiring shooting process. And how much better are those final episodes of Dino Fury going to be? Because we'll know that they have filmed when all of this praise has been heaped upon Mm -hmm. them and all this positive energy. I think, I think that's going to refuel them for these, you know, final weeks of filming. Yeah. I definitely have to agree with that. I love it. I love the interaction. I love how active Simon Bennett is. I don't know about his mental health with some of these fan (laughs) comments that he gets tagged in. That's true. (laughs) But I will say when we put out the call for our Ranger Nation answers, which we'll get to at the end of the episode, you know, we asked, you know, how do you feel about Power Rangers Dino Fury so far? You know, will you miss it during the hiatus? And by God, if he didn't like or retweet Every single one of those responses. Simon, dude, chill. (laughs) Well, no, you know, he's, he has something to really be proud about. He absolutely does. I will never not feel that sense of giddiness when I see that he has liked something I tweeted or retweeted something that I tweeted. Mm -hmm. Because like him thinking that my opinion matters that much or, or in that way to him, like that means the world to me. To know that you're out here, you're listening to the fans like me, you're listening to the people who have been with this franchise through thick and thin, better for worse, like, and you still care that much. You you haven't been beaten down by the absolute idiocy of some of the fans. Thank you. Hmm. Like, thank you for hanging on. Yeah. I mean, his Instagram with the behind the scenes stuff. I love that stuff. Oh, yeah. And the fact that, you know, he's posting those kind of things. It's a level of access that we haven't seen in a long time as fans. 
I just like that they're there. Mm-hmm. Like, all of them. And, I mean, I, you guys have already said that, but just, in general, just the cast and the crew and everyone who's just engaging all of us on almost a daily basis. It's an amazing feeling. It feels like they actually... I know we're not the only audience out there for this show, but right. it makes me it makes me feel like our perspectives and our opinions matter. To be fair, though, their their core audience doesn't have access to social media just yet. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but no, I mean, like they don't have to do any of that. Is what I'm saying. No, no, like, they, they don't have to. And pretty much nobody in the past has done any of that. Mm-hmm. Some of the cast now and then they were more engaging than other ones, but it's just overall. Yeah. And I wonder because maybe I'm just spouting something out, but Simon has talked about the restrictions that have been loosened, at least when it comes to the story and being able to tell more I guess, real stories with, you know, the dialogue doesn't have to be as strict, that the comedy can be spread around, that kind of stuff. But I'm wondering if if Hasbro's been less lenient on the social media interaction. Like, because, I mean, the Beast Morphers cast was great, but I don't think they were interacting with the fans at the level that we're seeing with the Dino Fury cast. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's basically what I'm getting at. I mean, it's like we have access that we've never had before and Mm -hmm. genuine interactions, especially um, Jordan, the new Gold Ranger. He's out there every day engaging everyone and hyping everyone up. And it's amazing. And that's the crazy thing to me is that his episodes haven't even (laughs) premiered yet. We don't even know what his character is going to be like on the show. But just from his interactions and his personality in real life, it gets me even more hyped for the Gold Ranger. Yep. I'm so beyond hype for the hiatus and, you know, or to get out of the hiatus. I'm not hyped for the hiatus. We haven't been hyped for the hiatus since Ninja Steel. (laughs) It's like, Eric, (laughs) you're liking this? But that's my thing. It's like, I'm really curious to see how this storyline goes. I'm curious yeah. to see how it continues forward. And we haven't even reviewed these um, last four episodes yet, but it just has me ridiculously hyped. And I haven't felt this excited about watching Power Rangers in a while. And it's not a perfect show. It, it's never going to be a perfect show. And I still have my my nitpicks here and there. But I think it's the cast and the interactions and everything that's going on behind the scenes that we're being Mm -hmm. allowed to witness or these interviews, like the interview we had with Simon or, or anyone. It seems like even the Hasbro side is they seem excited about the show. There's just this level of excitement that I haven't felt in a while and it feels good as a Power Rangers fan. It really does. I mean, yeah. I just want to flash back to a couple of months ago when we did our first Dino Fury preview episode. And you were just like, I'm so uh on it. I'm so done. It's going to be more of the same. It just feels like it's going to be more of the same. I'm not hyped at all, blah, 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 blah. Oh, I, I will own that. That was <laughs> that was dumb Eric from a dumb universe. <laughs> whatever whatever state of mental that was I was Eric. in recording. That was Earth 2 Eric. Yeah, we'll call that, that Earth was, 2 Eric. That was Earth 2 Eric. We, we had a crossover <laughs> of the dimensions. <laughs> but then, like, you know, slowly but surely, that hype... And that hope kind of built and we saw the dino zords and you were like, okay, those are pretty cool. Okay, maybe I'll collect those. And then we saw like the 
first like teasers of the episodes and you're like okay this is cautiously optimistic this is looking really good and then first episode aired and you're like yeah i'm in (laughs) it's like well well i think i think the show really had a lot to prove for sure and Mm -hmm. i didn't want to fall into the hype just for the sake of a new executive producer and just for the sake of some teaser footage. Like, it takes more than that to get me excited about something. Yeah, after that first episode, that second episode, first those first two episodes where, wow, it's Burt Selene as the music. There's no sign of Gnome Keneal. Like, yeah. I was, even up to episode eight, I'm like, I really hope he's just gone. And, I mean, it's it's clear, like, Bert Selen is the composer for Dino Fury. Like, Gnome Keneal is gone. God, we love that music. I know. But after two episodes, I was like, yep, I, I feel really good about this. Yep. And yeah. week after week, the show has delighted me. Even in the episodes I didn't like as much, like the Superstition one, which we'll talk about, I still take it over any single Ninja Steel episode. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. It's like you said, Eric, every single week there's something to look forward to and just the potential. It's like, yes, there's still some like imperfections. There's some things Mm -hmm. you can nitpick, but it's like that with any show. Right. Not just this one. It's easy to pick at something that you love. AP, you touched on the idea of, you know, there's there's always something to look forward to in an episode. And that, I think, is one of the great improvements is we have... Oh, if you're interested in the mystery of what's going on with Zato and, and Rafcon, there's little bits and pieces in each episode that give you a little more to that story. There's an actual, like, overarching story. Yeah. It's not all standalone with, like, big uh, climaxes every three episodes. It's an actual story that you can follow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's actual character development. And they talk. I still can't get over the fact that they talk like real people now. <laughs> well, I just noticed that when I did my rewatch, it, it almost got a little bit annoying to a point. Only because I was, like, looking at it. But in Stego Search, there was so much, like... Mucus literally went lol, and I'm like, wow, they really went there. And it was like, oh, that's so cringe. And I mean, I'm not all hip to the lingo and all that stuff, but for the kids and for that, you know, younger generation, millennial, that meme culture, I mean, this episode felt like it was written for them. As a how do you do, fellow kids on the TikToks, yeah, this is definitely. <laughs> Like, I worked with girls who used to talk exactly like Izzy talks. That's that younger generation that talks like that. So the dialogue being that way is exactly like you said, it's spot on for that generation. Us being Mm -hmm. older kind of look at it and go, really? That's what the kids are saying these days. I guess. All right. Whatever. And you just kind of go along with it. But but yeah, no, this like that dialogue is perfect for the times. Yeah. And I mean, not even that. It's just the the flow of the dialogue, too. Everything is just easy to watch now and not in a bad way. Right. I can just sit there and I can thoroughly enjoy watching Mm -hmm. it. I'm not sitting there being like, why am I doing this? This feels like a bad obligation. It's like, no, I'm actually enjoying watching this every week now. Yeah, and I loved Beast Morphers. It had its issues with me, and there was still a little bit of that trying to break away from Haim Saban and and his restrictions. Mm -hmm. And it feels like since Beast Morphers, it's like a little bit more is getting 
opened up. Like the world mm-hmm. is getting more opened up. The the restrictions are lessening. Like they're breaking away from the mold a little bit. And despite whatever rumors about, you know, this might be the last live action Power Rangers in New Zealand or the Toei thing or whatever, whatever you believe, if this is the end, and I want to say it because we're only eight episodes in, if this is the end, then wow, what a what a way to go out on. But yeah. if this is like just the first step in a Simon Bennett run of three or four series, all I'm gonna say is buckle the hell up. <laughs> oh, I'm all in. Yep. If that's the case, I'm 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 all in. I'm I'm all aboard the Bennett train, man. If Power Rangers gets to that 30th anniversary and we still have like the normal kid show and the stuff that they're already doing to build the lore and to connect and the Morphin Masters. And as a longtime fan, that lore stuff really sticks with me. But for kids, it opens up the world to them. And, and you know, we'll talk about Mick in, in a second, but think of the kid who, who watched all of Ninja Steel and then Beast Morphers and now comes to find out that Mick is back in this new show. Mm-hmm. And their, uh, his or her, like, first Power Rangers was Ninja Steel. Like, mm-hmm. if I was a kid, how epic of a moment that would be. It's like the whole overarching, like, Zordon era type stuff. Exactly. From when all this first started. It keeps you engaged past one season. If they're all connected in some way. Right. It makes you want to keep going with it. It's not right. so... You can't just, like, drop it after one season and be good, which is what a lot of these seasons have sadly felt like. Mm-hmm. Like, they're supposedly all one connected universe, barring, I'm assuming, Dino Charge. Right. And RPM. RPM. But it's like some of them, it felt like you could just drop it. You just watch one season, you're done. Now there's something Mm -hmm. keeping you engaged. It's keeping you engaged. It's keeping you... Keeping you interested. Interested. Yes. It's keeping you interested. It's making you want to keep going with this franchise, with this brand. It's like, oh, I wonder how they're going to build upon it next. And even kids can get that. Kids aren't stupid. Some of them are probably like, oh my gosh, like there's more to this. Which is such a shame. Uh, why? Why is it off Netflix? And yeah. I get it. They they didn't want to pay the money. And probably the most watched seasons were Mighty Morphin and, and the newer seasons. And I know they're putting things up on YouTube, but it is slow. Like, I get it. They they announced Dino Thunder. Like, they're putting up a new episode every week. But when you get a 44, 50 episode series. Yeah, it's going to take a whole year. Or 32. It's, it's like most of the year. And not even that. I mean, I'm no expert on streaming media, but I feel like YouTube is a... I don't want to say dying, but it is not as much of a primary streaming source as it used to be. Well, let's just say there's yeah. a reason YouTube Red isn't a thing anymore. Yes. Oh, did they get rid of that? Oh, dude, they got rid of it like a uh, year ago. and a half ago? Yeah. Oh, it's but well, now it's like YouTube Premium. Yeah, which is just... Which isn't the same thing. It's like a whole different thing. It's like, it's like OnlyFans for YouTube creators where it's like, oh, hey, I created Ugh. this... A video that's special, but only on my premium. Make sure you're a member of my premium. Uh, that sounds horrible. It's awful because YouTube is terrible. They did this whole thing with YouTube premium where it's like, oh yeah, if you pay to be in my special super secret club, you get an extra video that the normies don't get. 
Hashtag yikes. Yeah, that's why YouTube sucks. Because <laughs> that's the whole reason why Cobra Kai went to Netflix. Yeah. Which, God, I hope that comes back soon. I love that show. Anyway. <laughs> but see, we talk about all this connective tissue. Right. And I can watch Beast Morphers on Netflix. I can watch, uh, I think, Super Steel, but not Ninja Steel anymore, unless they change that. Mm. But there are no DVDs for Beast Morphers, unfortunately. Yeah. And I don't know if we'll get them for Dino Fury. So it sucks on that level. Without Netflix and without that catalog, if they reference something in a season that's not even airing or you can't find it easily, even on their official YouTube channel or whatever, it's a detriment to new fans who might want to get hooked into this stuff. Yeah. And for older fans like us who review this stuff and watch it and... You know, this is like our bread and butter weekly. I don't remember everything. And, you know, maybe I don't want to pull out DVD case and fumble with that and do that. And, you know, it takes five minutes before I'm watching an episode. Yeah. Netflix just made it really easy. And yeah. I get the business decision because YouTube is free and they can upload all that stuff. But they're incomplete. There's no opening theme. There's no end credits. There's none of that history that we have. There's no promotion for it either. It's no. like, unless you're in the fandom and you know that they were planning on doing this, you're not going to be looking for full episodes of Power Rangers on YouTube. You're not going to know they're there. Yeah. Plenty of people have Netflix. That's like a primary source for streaming. And one of the annoying things, at least on the YouTube side of it, is that they don't properly name these. It's it's like some tagline. It's not episode Dino Fury, episode one, episode title. It's, it's episode title, here's this description that no one cares about as the title. Mm. And so... <laughs> You don't know what order of the show you're watching unless they have it in a playlist. And I'm not visiting that YouTube channel. That's not my priority. It just seems like this is a weird... Like, I get why they made a decision, like you guys are saying, but also, it doesn't seem very smart. What's that line from Nick Fury in Avengers? I recognize that the council has made a decision, but seeing as that it's a stupid decision, I've elected to ignore it. (laughs) Yeah, basically. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. And we get these clips. Like, I'm looking at the playlist right now. Mm -hmm. So, Dino Charge and Dino Supercharge. I'm going to view the full playlist. Yeah, the full playlist is all mixed up. Oh, Jesus. And it's not even in the right order. It's like episode one, episode seven, six, five, eleven, four. This just says a fool's hour full episode, not even whatever episode that is. Yikes. That's not even an episode number. Episode two, three, four. Like It's, it's all over the yeah, place. Yeah. It's not consistent. Mm-hmm. I do not understand the direction they're taking with these YouTube channels. Yeah. There's no rhyme or reason to it. It doesn't make much sense. The titles, you can't tell what you're watching based on the titles. The descriptions don't help too much either. I don't understand this. And I don't think it's for lack of trying to understand it. It's just, I'm not sure what they're trying to achieve. Other than maybe right. avoiding some kind of Netflix fee. I think that's what it is. I think they took a look at the watch analytics on, on Netflix and said, well, Mighty Morphin and the newer seasons, those are the only ones that perform well. Yeah. And our contract ran out and we're not going to pay the extra money for little return when we can do it for free on YouTube. Well, if you're going to do it for free on YouTube, then do it right. Properly name these episodes. You don't need 
clickbait titles that have nothing to do with the episode or little dinosaur emojis or whatever the hell. Sorry, you said clickbait titles. I don't, that's not even going to attract people. That's not how clickbait titles work. Like, I don't think they know what they're doing. It doesn't make any sense. (laughs) It really doesn't. I know we're going on a completely different (laughs) tangent, but it's important. I shouldn't have to have a Wikipedia guide to know what the hell episode I'm watching. I just laugh because you guys, you guys both said clickbait titles and all I could think of was like, these high school school students found magic stones in their teacher's basement. <laughs> what happens next will shock you. <laughs> oh, it almost feels like that. Okay, this, is, this isn't a review of Power Rangers Netflix. I think we're getting... Uh, we're, we are losing the off, plot a little bit here. But you know what's mm-hmm. not losing the plot? Dino Fury. Yeah. Exactly. So let's talk about episode five, Winning Attitude. This is the fifth episode of Dino Fury featuring the debut of the Tiger Claw Zord, as well as Dino Fury Megazord Claw Formation. This aired March 27th, ran by Becca Barnes and Alan Dale, directed by Chris Graham, not to be confused with actor Chris Graham, who played Leonbo in Mystic Force. This Chris Graham is the director best known for his work on music videos and short films in New Zealand. He's also known as the director for New Zealand's hit rom-com, Sion's Wedding. He served as the director for a couple blocks early in this Dino Fury season. So uh, in our last review episode you probably heard his name a couple times from like episodes three or four i believe mm-hmm. and, and that information comes from the power scoop so we'll link to that as well as his imdb profile but in this episode izzy is determined to win a big race with the help of her special olympics athlete cousin lily after lily misses a training session and izzy rejects more help her sportsmanship is put to the test. And of course, this episode features mention of the Special Olympics, and Lily is played by real-life Special Olympics athlete Sarah Dalton. This is the first episode in the series to feature a character and actress with an intellectual disability. They really are definitely having a more inclusive cast this season. Mm-hmm. We also have the first black gold ranger and sixth ranger, which is incredible with Jordan fight. Again, we are super pumped to see his character Ion coming up, but I really enjoyed this episode. Me too. And not just because it wasn't easy focus. (laughs) (laughs) You you have to preface that. (laughs) Well, no, it was a good, it was a good, it was, it was a good episode. Very heartwarming. The lesson of the day was was earned appropriately, I guess is the word I'm looking for. It was really nice to see the sort of interaction that Izzy and Lily have. And I like that Izzy's Zord awakened because she was being a good sport. And like yeah. she was close by. I posted a theory about this on Twitter and it was mm-hmm. it was liked by Simon Bennett. So I can't take that as, as confirmation or denial. But I have a theory and we'll talk about it a little bit more in episode seven. Okay. On that note, I liked how she earned. I wouldn't even say she earned this word. 
Because it's more like the Zord recognized her strengths and that like empowered mm-hmm. the Zord mm-hmm. rather than her being like all like go sate up and like, oh, you were a good sport today. Here's a ranger key. Yeah, it definitely wasn't that. She awakened her Zord with that strong connection and yeah. she saved the Zord from getting destroyed by Boom Tower and Mucus. And, yeah. and I think that's what, you know, o- awakened the Zord. It's that strong bond because she said, I, I can feel the power. I can feel that energy. It has to be close. And we're seeing these Zords bond with the Rangers in different ways. Like we'll talk about in Stego Search, Javi's Zord connected with him through music and through his personality. And to me, it seems very much like a dino charge situation where the Rangers bonded to their Energems and had that connection with that power. Mm -hmm. And on the same level, the Zords have some kind of sentience because Zato, every time, even in Stego search, he was like, Oh, Stego, good to see you again. Like, good to have you back. I like that. There's that connection and it's, it's similar to Dino charge. And we'll understand that when uh, we get to episode talking about episode eight, but the way that everything connects and that the Rangers have different connections to their Zords, it just makes the powers that they have, there's a deeper connection to them than AP, like what you said. Oh, you've heard, I'm Gose, and you've you've learned the power of friendship, so have yeah. these powers. Yeah. It's better than it's that. It's almost like the Zord can sense, well, I guess we're talking about my, my theory now. Go for it. As we learn about with, with the Stego search, Javi's Stego Zord only awakens when Javi is in his element playing his music. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, what if yeah. it's that kind of connection? You know, Izzy's Zord makes itself known when she's in her element, running her marathon, being a good sport. And, you know, like, that's when the Zord stuff happens. And then with Javi, his music playing is what awakens the Stego Zord. But it's also about it's also about his feelings, about being in his element. And right. when yeah. he's not playing his music, when he's depressed or worried about something else... Uh, of course they couldn't find it. The energy signature wasn't, nothing was meshing because he was out of that state of mind. Exactly. So that my theory is that when these Rangers achieve that sort of, uh, I don't want to call it like. Like be the best version of themselves. Yeah, yeah. Like an emotional balance of some kind. That's a good way to describe it. Emotional balance being their best self. That's when their Zord kind of awakens. I think the reason for that demonstrated the most was when Zato was able to call his Zord in that second episode when the T-Rex champion Zord debuted. And it's because Zato never lost who he was and his connection to his Zord Mm -hmm. is super strong. But because the rest of the Rangers aren't the original Dino Fury Rangers, that connection has to be reconnected again yeah yeah exactly it almost reminds me of the 2017 movie where they had to be kind of like in tune with in tune with one another in order to morph like now they have to be in tune in order to like connect with those words and be able to access yeah that that makes sense and like episode eight with we got that huge revelation about um the morphin masters and Okay, I'll talk about it now. I mean, I I can't not. We've talk already about skipped over everything else. We may as well. <laughs> but 
the core of what we saw in episode eight with the Morphin Masters was that they formed the Energems. They formed the Dino Gems from Dino Thunder. And they formed, obviously, from the first episode of Dino Fury, they formed those powers as well, as well as the Ninja Nexus Prism, or just the Nexus Prism, as, as we come to find out. And we'll talk more about that. But I love that bit of continuity because we we did not see the power coins because Ninjor made those. Yep. And Ninjor mm-hmm. had scrolls and text from the Morphin Masters, and that's how he was able to tap into the Morphin Grid and create the power coins. So all of the Dino Seasons powers come from the Morphin Masters or someone who has studied the Morphin Masters and is able to tap in the Morphin Grid like Ninjor. And that small attention to detail blew me away completely yeah. because I was so focused on Mick returning that I didn't even see the possibility that we would get something like the Morphin Masters. And I know when we did talk to Simon, there was that possibility that these suits weren't just one and done. We would get more of that backstory. Mm-hmm. And God, what we got for this mid-season break for episode eight, just that that bit of lore and connecting multiple seasons together. Holy cow, what a what a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Literally that scene happens and and we get all of that great backstory and lore. My jaw just dropped the whole time. I was like, "Are mm-hmm. you what? Whoa." But my point and just to circle this back on this episode, that connection to the Zords, mm-hmm. we've seen it in those Dino seasons that the Morphin Masters created those powers. The Dino Gems, they were bonded to the Dino Gems and Dino Thunder, and there was mm-hmm. some level of sentience to those Zords. Yeah. The Dino Charge Zords, the Energems were almost, I don't want to say sentient, but they they knew that these were good Rangers. Like, the mm-hmm. Energems picked the people to become rangers and they were bonded to their zords as well. Like with Tyler, just, Oh, it's Rexy. And you know, let me take a selfie and, and, and all that stuff. But they were, they were bonded to those zords as well. And, you know, mighty Morphin, it's not necessarily that the zords themselves were sentient, except maybe for dragon zord, or they could be in their own way, but they were, you know, more mechanical based, mm-hmm. And the Rangers like tapped into that power. But with that Morphin Masters, it seems that, and with the Ninja Nexus Prism, the, the Nexus Prism was sentient. It says it was alive. It's a thinking thing. It's It's been given missions. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it was able to imbue and take away the Ninja Steel Rangers' powers on a whim. Or when when the situation arose, it was able to give them back their powers. Yeah. So that's an amazing connection to me that the powers that the Morphin Masters directly developed have that level of sentience and level of emotional, like primal connection to them. And <laughs> just thinking about that lore, just that tidbit, just that little bit of explanation is enough to make our fan theories go wild. Yeah, that's the type of stuff that's going to get Power Ranger fans and it's going to get other people talking about the show. It's like there 
embracing the mythology of the show that's been going on for almost 30 years. You can't have a long running franchise like that without a bit of lore. And the fact that the writers and Simon have mentioned that they're taking the time to embrace that connective tissue and to maybe even correct some of the past mistakes or to clear things up Mm -hmm. in the lore. That's awesome. It is. Yeah, absolutely. It makes me happy as a fan. Yep. I was overjoyed for episode eight, (laughs) but I don't want to take away from winning attitude. Overall, I think Sarah Dalton did an amazing job as Lily. I thought that was a great story to teach kids that, Yeah, there are special needs and there's challenges out there and there's different personalities and there's different, there's different disabilities, but those don't need to hold us back. We can still be a good person. We can still be someone that, that contributes and can overcome challenges. And for that alone, I think, I think Sarah Dalton did an amazing job. I think Lily is a great character. I'm glad that Power Rangers actually embrace Special Olympics and they're able to use the word Special Olympics. It wasn't just like, oh, it's the Pan Global Games again, you know, to get around Olympic copyright. It was something that Mm -hmm. they actually went to Special Olympics and said, hey, we want to feature this episode. Let's let's work with the casting. Let's get this going and have an opportunity to teach kids about special Olympics and people with intellectual disabilities. I thought, Mm -hmm. I thought that's amazing. And it was, it was wrapped up in an episode that it didn't feel like super heavy handed. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah. Not, not at all. It felt very, very natural. Yeah. Agreed. A hundred percent. And, and again, that just ties back into, we've said it before. We'll say it again how representation matters and mm-hmm. how, like you said, Eric, it is important that kids learn that some people are different in some ways, but they're the same in very many more ways. And this mm-hmm. this was a very heartwarming, I, I legit got misty-eyed at the end. Yeah. I did too, because I have a brother who's who's on the spectrum and, you know, every situation is different. The representation that you know, my brother had for uh, the Power Rangers 2017 movie and getting to thank RJ Kyler about his portrayal and what that meant to to me and my brother and and my family. Mm -hmm. That's super powerful. And how amazing is it that this show is, is continuing to break ground first female green ranger in power rangers tv continuity Mm -hmm. and yeah let's not nick pit about super sentai or or any of that Mm -hmm. stuff it's still groundbreaking and Mm -hmm. this is one of the most diverse casts that that we've had and really the first black gold ranger the first black sixth ranger that is so important for young black kids to see that representation and I I can't speak on that, but what I can speak to is when I saw autism being represented in the 2017 movie, I know my personal feeling from that, and I can only imagine what others are feeling when they 
see someone that looks like them or talks like them or whatever. That representation is so freaking important. And this episode, Winning Attitude, is a groundbreaking moment for Power Rangers. It, it really is. The only real, I guess, issue I had with the episode, and it's not really an issue, but I was just kind of shocked at how fast Izzy got angry at her cousin just for being late. I know the race was really important to her, but it was that sudden shift in attitude, just like completely dismissive and didn't even give Lily a chance to like explain what was happening. I think the conflict of this issue hinged on on that moment and to me that was the only place where it felt a little odd how quick Izzy was to to get to anger but I can see that it was only the second episode that was in we don't know her character as well it was just like a little bit shocking to me that she would just be like so dismissive off the bat. And, you know, maybe, maybe that's something that they played, you know, maybe I'm talking myself out of this, but you know, I can see her competitive nature can, can blind her sometimes, but Mm -hmm. overall, I thought aside from that, like how the conflict started, I guess my only thing about that was just, it seemed like quick to anger and it just seemed out of place to me, but the rest of it, where, you know, she saved her rival and sacrificed herself winning to do something better. And it's not always about winning. That is a really strong message. And yeah, I like that her father, uh, you know, Warden Garcia, he was all about, what was that tagline? It was almost like, if you're not first, you're last or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but even then he said that he was proud of her for doing the right thing, which kind of makes me a little bit angry at what was going on in the Stego search yeah. episode, but we'll get there. But overall, this episode, 100%, this was a good one. It, it was. And like I say, it wasn't my favorite just because it was an easy focus episode. It was just very, very well mm -hmm. done. And just the representation that put it over the top because it's never really been done to that level before in the television show. And it was just very, yeah. it was very nice to see that. They didn't like hit you over the head with it. The conversation, which could have been very clunky when they int were introduced to Lily, mm -hmm. that had the possibility to be a very clunky and kind of like cringe scene. But again, I have to give it up to the writers. They made that conversation very natural, like introductions. Yeah. What and Zato being an alien? Well, what's what's Special Olympics? What's that about? Yeah. It just felt very natural, and it was a way to use the characters' situation to explain the story. And to me, mm -hmm. that's smart writing for kids' television. That's it what is. we've been wanting in Power it Rangers. Is. Anything else to note in this episode? Was there any like funny moments or anything that really got to you that you enjoyed? Jay Borg and Jane, any of that? I mean, in all honesty, I don't mind them. No, I don't mind them either. I just wanted to point out that I just, I love their like Ranger hotline talking to kids in the park and filming it for Buzz Blast. Yeah, like, that was fun. I thought that was a genuinely funny moment. And those kids were freaking adorable. Like they got some great kid actors for that. And just like, they did. They they're just like react to whatever that that Jane is talking about, and just the kids' facial expressions are like whoa, and like ah, it was <laughs> uh, it was super cute. It was it was really funny. It was, 
No, that's what I was saying. Like, I don't mind Jane and Jay Ward because they're actually kind of funny. Like, yes, they're a little slapsticky comedy duo. Um, yeah, there's still like still like vibes of that, but I don't I don't mind them. No, I don't I don't mind them either, not at all. I mean, a lot of it's probably testament to the actors too who are playing them. But I don't know the way that they're f- framing the comedy duo this year too. It makes it a lot less distracting. I just appreciate that. It's not a Victor and Monty situation where it's like, oh, five minutes have gone by. Where's Victor and Monty? No, it's sometimes Jane and Jayborg show up and do a thing. And it's not every B plot of the episode must be about right. Jane and Jayborg. Mm-hmm. And the add to it because of the nature of Buzz Blast and where two of the Rangers work and they all hang out at. But I, I wanted to note because a couple of these episodes really played into Victoria Abbott, who is the actress for Jay Borg, really played into her skills, like the singing and just doing the, and the, the operatic (laughs) and, and singing at least the jingle in this episode. And then her dance skills as an actress. I really think they did some amazing casting with Victoria Abbott. We, we mentioned that in our last review, but the physical comedy on her end and Uh, Just her other talents, like with singing and like belting out these crazy notes, just the facial expression (laughs) acting is, is over the top. So I really have to give Victoria props on that. She's pretty cool. Absolutely. So let's move on to episode six, uh, Superstition Strikes. This is the sixth episode of Dino Fury featuring the debut of the Dino Fury Megazord Hammer Formation. This aired on April 3rd, uh, written by Alan Dell, Becca Barnes, and Maya Thompson, directed by Michael Hurst. And Michael Hurst played Kevin Sorbo's sidekick in Hercules, The Legendary Journeys. I used to watch that show forever when I was younger. He is an actor turned director and producer. So Michael Hurst, first time to Power Rangers and he directed this next block of episodes, six, seven, and eight. So for episode six, Amelia thinks she's cursed with bad luck and is reluctant to help the Dino Fairy Rangers, afraid she'll cause more harm. But when monsters attack the base, she learns the truth about luck. This episode introduces Amelia's grandfather, uh, Pop Pop, making her the last of the core Rangers to reveal a relative to the audience. What do we think about this one? I don't want to say I didn't enjoy it as much as the other ones because I did. I liked the Pop Pop character because he kind of reminded me of one of my grandfathers a little bit, <laughs> just the way he talked and acted. So I I got a good uh, kick out of that because I could kind of relate to his personality. Mm-hmm. But it just felt a little too hokey. Mm. Just the whole nature of superstitions in general, that is hokey. So maybe it's just that being the overarching theme of the episode. I didn't quite like that. Mm. But overall, though, I did still really enjoy this episode. I enjoyed that it was an Amelia-focused episode. We got to see more of her. Got to see her kind of come into her own and regain her confidence in a a more natural way. Mm -hmm. It was a good episode. It's just out of this first eight, it was probably my least favorite. I will have to agree with that. Like I said, overall, I think this run of episodes, this first eight, is a strong first eight. And even though I think this is the weakest of the ones that we're reviewing today, 
there was still a lot of value in it. And I have to agree with you, AP. I think it was the, the based on the hokiness of the superstitions, because I mean, I'm a very, like, I guess I'm an Ollie-like character. Like, (laughs) I I need facts and proof. And, Zach, I mean, talk about the shipping in this episode. I mean, right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh. Oh my gosh! There was a, there was a little bit a little bit of shipping opportunities here bit, with them, a little bit, just a little bit. <laughs> but I I like that dynamic because of course if you have that dynamic between Ollie and Amelia, you're going to have that science versus superstition debate come up, and we've seen it a handful of times in these episodes. So I don't think that's going away, but. You know, obviously we'll see them kind of realize and learn about each other's perspective because at the end of the episode, Ollie did break a mirror and all of a sudden he had this weird string of bad luck (laughs) that ended the episode. And, you know, maybe that convinces him a little bit. Well, maybe there's something to this. So I did enjoy that aspect. I think the problem, at least that I had with this episode, was how quickly and how stubbornly Amelia shut down over a couple of small incidents that happened in a row. Yeah. Yeah, she did seem kind of quick to defeat on this. And and I'll just kind of echo kind of what you guys have said is that this episode is probably the weakest of the first eight. However, I would still rather watch this than any episode of Ninja Steel. Or not even that. It's still a very good episode. It's a very good episode. The lesson is important to learn that, hey, listen, sometimes coincidences are just coincidences. Yeah. And I did really, really, really enjoy Amelia's fight with Boom Tower in the base at the end. Oh, my God. That was awesome. Amazing. It was so cool. Like, the way she overcomes her fear... And it's just like, you know what? I'm the only person standing between Boom Tower and Solon and the rest of the, the base. I need to step up. And she did. She absolutely did. Even just the le- like the lesson was good, too. Yeah. Like you mentioned, it's just like sometimes we're luckier than we realize. And sometimes you have to look for luck in different places. Sometimes superstitions don't have to defeat you. And you can't measure your luck in one area against someone else's luck in the same area. Exactly. Yeah. Like you have to be looking out for what you get lucky at, what you are blessed with, not what's on your neighbor's table, I guess. That's why I love that scene with Solon and Amelia so much. And I'm so glad that Solon and Mick got along in episode eight was because they're serving that same type of role. Mick was very good in Ninja Steel about talking some sense into the Rangers in almost like a roundabout way. Like, let them come to their own conclusion about Mm -hmm. what's going on. And with Solon, I really appreciate her talk with Amelia. I think that was the strongest part of that episode because... There's there's a lot of truth to that. I mean, we I think we all feel that way sometimes where there's a series of unfortunate events or a string of what we think is bad luck. And really, sometimes all it takes is a shift in our attitude, a shift in our outlook, and maybe we need to change perspective and look at it in a different way. 
Lord knows I've dealt with that a lot in the past year alone. Yeah. I think we all have. Completely. Yeah. I, I know definitely when you were uh, tweeting out about your, your troubles with Audition crashing on you the last couple of times you've been editing. It's like, oh, man, I think that's how you related to this episode. <laughs> oh, no doubt. And, you know, I, I say that I think this is one of the weaker ones of Dino Fury, but in other ways, it probably resonated with me the most the past couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yes, this is the weakest episode out of Dino Fury so far, but it's still not a weak It's not episode. a weak Power Rangers episode. No. It is not a bad episode. It is not weak in the grand scheme of things by any stretch of the imagination. It's just of the Dino Fury episodes that have aired. Of the limited scale that we have so right. far. Right. Just besides that, I just like want to give a shout out to Hunter Dino. She was great in this episode. She acted the hell out of this episode. She stole the show. And as she should. I mean, this was her focus. I mean, she, she yes. absolutely should. And yeah, I agree with you, AP, 100%. And on that note, too, Tessa Rao, in the episode before this, mm-hmm. it's just every actor in this show really is like giving it their all. They're owning their roles and they're owning their positions in these stories. Mm-hmm. And just like shout out to them. 100% agreed. Couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah, you guys hit the nail on the head. You can see the cast dynamic how they get along outside of the show. And we've all seen the pictures of them hanging out on Instagram. Some of them brought their kids along. They they have their whole families there with them while filming this. And even behind the scenes of what we've seen, they are truly a family. And you can tell that they're just giving it their all. Every single one of those Mm -hmm. actors is giving it their all. And I'm not trying to, I'm not belittling past cast because I think every actor wants to give it their all. They all want to be there and do the best job Mm -hmm. that they can. But with the Dino Fury cast, I think it's in combination with how they interact with fans online and how excited they are and how passionate they are they are all friends and it really translates on screen and it's that chemistry it's that dialogue it's that conversation where even a quote-unquote weak episode of dino fury is not weak it's not actually weak and that's why i went back to my point about nitpicking while i didn't like how quickly amelia shut down you do only have 20 minutes to tell a story so you got to get her to a low point very quickly Mm -hmm. i don't think we should discount what happened with the villains this episode because we did get that hint early on that void night we got the tease of this secret door and mm-hmm. Mucus is very curious of what's behind. He's like, sure, go ahead. And she gets absolutely shocked by it. But Mucus was so bold enough to just steal Amelia's morpher. Yeah. And yeah. they came up with that plan for the villains to infiltrate the base for a second time in eight episodes is pretty huge. Usually that stuff is reserved for like mid season or finales. The villains having like initiative in general, it's really upping the ante. I think what I really love about Void Knight is he has a clear goal in mind and he's thinking fairly tactically. Like he's not Mm -hmm. another goofball villain who just wants to take over the world with no kind of clear objectives. He has a very clear plan and he's working his hardest with the very little help he's given to achieve that goal. And I I love seeing that. I love seeing villains 
thinking smart. Yeah, I like that he puts up with, you know, Mucus's BS and Boom Tower, where Boom Tower became literally a loose cannon in this block of episodes. He stole a Sporex. He had his own plan. He faced off against Amelia in their base with her own broken morpher. Void Knight, sure, gets annoyed with Mucus and maybe some of the other Sporex beasts that happen to appear, but he's essentially using them for his own purposes, which yeah. we don't find out until the very end of episode eight. And that reveal, which we'll talk about, I promise, <laughs> but it makes me like want to go back and watch his initial appearance again. Why is he now? I know why he's driven now. Mm-hmm. Now, instead of being like a one-off, like, ah, I'm from space and I need power. We're starting to see that there's a very emotional connection to that. And it is teased in, in this episode with superstition strikes. It's just, like I said, villains with initiative and villains with purpose. Yes. They're not just there to be like the, we're scary bad guys from space. They actually have a purpose Mm -hmm. and they're actually doing things. You love to see it. You do. You do love to see it. (laughs) 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 Uh, The other thing is I just, I really liked the, the monster this episode with Smash Stone. I think the most hilarious moment to me was when Amelia's bad luck with the hammer zord starts that domino effect in the city <laughs> where it knocks down and you see that little that little truck like crash into the scaffolding and then it clogs up uh smash stones like his uh volcano blasters i know that's from super sentai i know that's a silly moment in super sentai but they use the bad luck to their advantage in power rangers and mm-hmm. It's very rare that we get like wacky Zord battles in a way. So I just thought that like that beat where the truck is like rolling down the street <laughs> and <laughs> hits that. To me, that was just, that was really freaking hilarious. It really was. And I love stuff like that. I love models and actual set pieces yeah. and it's hilarious. But for them to set up that kind of domino effect with the buildings was, <laughs> that really made me chuckle. That was great. It did make me think though. I don't know. Like, what's the insurance like in this city? <laughs> I just really hope these citizens are like, okay. I don't know. Do the Rangers have insurance? <laughs> we don't know. I mean, obviously they, they have to have some money because they all... Uh, pitched in for Javi's keytar in the next episode, but uh, is it like flood insurance and people in and people in Pine Ridge need like Sporex insurance? There's kaiju insurance, <laughs> but the premiums are through the roof. I'm pretty sure there was a few insurance agents in Pine Ridge that when this stuff started going down, they're like, uh yeah, special Sporex insurance. Yeah. Here's the rate." Like, I'm sure they took full advantage of the situation. <laughs> Oh my God. Can you imagine the commercial? It's like, has your house gone blown up by a Sporex beast called Billy Bob uh, some guy <laughs> at Billy, Billy, Billy Bob, Bob some guy, man. <laughs> Billy Bob, some guy insurance at five, 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 zero, nine, one, two or something. And it's just like, yep. <laughs> That's a thing. I don't know. I can just imagine like, it's like those insurance commercials is like, has this ever happened to you? And it's just like, Oh, yeah, one of those really bad like TV infomercials where it's in black and white. Oh, like those, like those TV, like those TV attorneys. 
It's like, yes. Have you been uh, harmed by a? Have you been injured beast? in a sports beast attack? <laughs> <laughs> Call Billy Bob some guy at five. <laughs> can we can we get uh, Lee to uh, record a fake a fake commercial? I oh my god! I, <laughs> that's an idea. That's an yeah, idea. Put that one in the back pocket for now. Uh, <laughs> 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 All right. Why? Anything else about superstition strikes? I hope we see Pop Pop again. Yeah, I liked him. That would be nice. I really did. Who typed "lol nah" <laughs> to this? <laughs> that seems like an AP maneuver. AP was that you? It might have been. <laughs> it's okay. What? This is from Ranger Wiki. I I can kind of see the connection. Nah, I, I'm inclined to agree with what AP wrote. Lol Lol nah. Look, they uh, say that Pop Pop asked Zato, Ollie, and Izzy, and, and Javi about a new flavor of frozen yogurt at the mall. Like, that's what the kids are doing. They said it might be a reference to Megaforce with Ernie's brain freeze. I thought, yeah, I can see that. And then in our show notes, AP's like, LOL, nah. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. That's fair. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with AP on that one. LOL, nah. <laughs> Sorry. Listen, if there's anything we can confirm with Dino Fury, they are not so obscure and oblique with their references. They will literally say, hey, we're going to go down to Ernie's Brain Freeze if they want to make that connection. Not just, they mentioned frozen yogurt. That has to tie in. Oh, my God. All right. Episode seven, Stego Search. The seventh episode of Power Rangers Dino Fury featuring the debut of the Stego Spike Zord and Dino Fury Megazord Spike Formation. Airing April 10th, run by Alan Dale, Becca Barnes, and Guy Langford. Directed once again by Michael Hurst. The warden takes away Javi's keytar, putting him in a bad mood, which he refuses to explain to the team. Javi is forced to open up about his problems in order to find his Zord. Listen, I have never related harder to a ranger than I have with Javi in this episode. People don't really know my backstory, but my dad and I don't really get along, like, Mm. at all. So, like, I completely felt the deepest empathy for Javi in that situation where he's like, Hey, check it out. I'm doing a thing I love and people are happy for me. Oh, here comes my dad, the person who's supposed to support me and be proud of me and give me support. And, oh, he hates it and he hates me and I'm screwed and I'm the That hit real close to home for me. And... I related so quickly to Javi. As soon as the episode aired, I debated messaging you, Eric, and be like, can you um, give me an avatar with uh, Dino Fury black and my head on it? Thank you. I mean, I can. (laughs) I'm the Photoshop guy. You are the Photoshop guy. You You are the art guy. I can make it happen. I'm just saying. This one hit me directly in the feels. And the story of Javi and him trying to find his place and, and find his niche and his hobby and, and have joy with his music only for someone who's supposed to be supportive, putting him down for it. Ooh, that hurt. That hurt me right, right here. So Alan Dale, Becca Barnes, Guy Langford, thank you for hurting my feelings. <laughs> no, but wow. I mean that in the best way because this episode was great. Like, don't, this is not no, me. It, it hit you where it needed to hit you. 
it was very cathartic. It was very therapeutic. Yeah. Like, I joke and say, thank you for hurting my feelings. I don't mean that literally. I just mean that, like, I kind of needed this episode, you know, in a way. Yeah. It was very relatable. I feel like we can all relate to being upset and not wanting to tell people why and just internalizing yeah. it. Yeah. And that's exactly what it was. You, you hit the nail on the head, AP, yeah. where it's like I constantly would deal with stuff like that growing up. So to see mm-hmm. that in the show and, and to have it be kind of relatable, you know, in that way, just it really was, okay, this this episode is the episode where I become a Javi mm-hmm. fan full stop. I also just appreciated how they dealt with emotions in a like a real way too in this episode and acknowledge that, yeah, people internalize their feelings. Feelings, but maybe it's good to open up to. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can rely on your friends. And sometimes that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. It's like you said, Zach, just this episode just kind of like hit you where it needed to. Mm-hmm. And thank you to the writers for that. They did an amazing They absolutely did. And it's like you just said, AP, with the bottling up of emotions and, and learning to open up, that is me to a T. Like, if I get emotional about something, I don't let anyone know what's going on. I absolutely lock myself away and bottle it up. And then it, you know, explodes out in other ways. And it's not healthy. And it's not what you should be doing. You should be confronting your emotions and, and talking to someone about them. Mm-hmm. And so for that to be the lesson of this episode, that is very much a lesson that is important, not only for, for the, the target audience of children, that is an important lesson for anyone, adult fans included. And this episode really was the one that hit home the most, I think, so far out of these eight episodes. I agree with everything that you guys have said it hit for me in a different way than you, Zach, with you talking about your dad. And it didn't hit for me that way, but it hit for me in the bottling up of the emotions part and keeping things to yourself. Because for me, there's been many times over the past year where I have had bottled up these emotions. And there's only so much that you can say on Twitter or on social as like a cry for help or you're venting and you have people go, yeah, I'm here for you. You can talk to me about anything. And for me, when people would say that to me, it's like, yeah, you offer that, but like, I don't want to dump all of my problems on you. You know what I mean? I feel the exact same way. I have multiple times. I mean, even from, from AP has said to me in private, Hey, if you need someone to talk to, like feel free and I feel the exact same way you feel, Eric, is that I don't want yep. my problems to affect anyone mm-hmm. but me. So I don't want to talk to anybody about that, even though, like you said, you get the offer. You get the people who show up and be like, hey, man, I'm here for you. Anything you want. It's like, no, nah, man. I'll I'm be- a phone call away. I'm a message exactly. away. It's like, I'm, I'm here for and you. And you do the kind of polite thing where you're just like, no, nah, it's cool. I'll be fine. Even though really, you know, yeah. you probably should talk you're to not somebody. Fine. You're not fine. Exactly. And so this yeah. this episode, touching on those themes, I mean, that spoke volumes to, to me and, and uh, yes, both of you as well. Zach, you mentioned that this episode, it's kind of like that timeless, whether it's a good lesson for kids or it's a good lesson for us. And watching this episode, it was a reminder for me too. And I know Dino Fury is is a kid show. At the end of the day, it's a show for kids. Mm -hmm. But when you have a message and a writing of an episode that jogs something in you where it's like, wow, I really didn't need that reminder. Thanks, Power Rangers. It's okay to have feelings. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I know that, 
but sometimes you need to be told. No, you do. You do. And I mean, it's important to have those feelings, but have healthy outlets for them as well. Mm-hmm. Right. So like right. having somebody to talk to is is a good, healthy thing to have, even if you can't, let's say, you know, necessarily go to professional help. Therapy is good. Therapy helps, of course. But sometimes, you know, uh, access to therapy is hard or it's right. not financially possible. Or it's just not for you. Exactly. Or, or it could just right. be not for right. you. Sometimes you just need to talk to like a regular everyday person and not someone who's like psychoanalyzing. And that's exactly what I was going to say is even if it's just somebody that's a friend that will listen to you, talk to them and get their opinion and get their side of of what's going on so that they can try and maybe help you. Don't feel like you have to take it all on yourself mm-hmm. um, because there are people in your life who care and who will talk to you, who will help you. And just needing that reminder. I mean, this episode, again, I, I joked earlier, haha, you know, they, they hurt my feelings, but I, my feelings needed to be hurt. This is a reminder right. I needed. And again, mm-hmm. just thank you so, so much to the writers here, Alwyn, Becca, and Guy, for giving that lesson again. For reinforcing that message. Yeah. And seeing like a cool guy character like Javi go through that, that yes. is impactful mm-hmm. too. Because there's always that stereotype that the cool guy's got it all together. And he didn't. And that was okay. And Yeah. You bring up a huge point, AP, because there's that whole thing right now about toxic masculinity and Mm -hmm. what it means to be a man and to see a cool, confident, funny, got-it-together guy like Javi, but he still has his own insecurities. He has his own issues with his parents. He has a hobby that he's interested in but doesn't have a direction yet. And you see the cracks that he doesn't have it all together. Like, no one is perfect. And yep. there were so many people that, like, oh, yeah, Javi, what a cool guy. Look, he's rocking that 90s CD shirt, and look how cool he is. Oh, man, this is going to be the best character, Dino Fury. It's not because that he's all cool and, like, music and all that. It's because of vulnerable moments like this of... Yep those signs of weakness and able to deal with the situation because look, we've all been there. We've got people telling us like, Hey, what's going on? I noticed you're having a problem and you're just like, get away from me. I don't want to talk about it. Leave me alone. This episode encapsulated so many moments I felt during the last year and Mm -hmm. it hit home for all of us. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. Aside from all the lore that we got and all the connections that we got in episode eight, which is cool in its own way, to me, this was the best episode in this block that we're reviewing that drove the lesson home more impactfully. Yeah. I think this was the top episode for that reason. I'll sign on for that. Absolutely. And I do enjoy this episode, aside from the moral and aside from the, the, the lesson and all that. The music in this episode was really good. Mm-hmm. The great synthy tune that uh, Javi was playing on the guitar. And I, I cracked a joke when I was live tweeting the episode <laughs> where I said, uh, you know, oh, this is confirms Power Rangers is a fantasy because no one playing a guitar <laughs> has ever drawn a crowd and I think I think people thought that I was being uh, sarcastic about that, like I was being acerbic. I was being like genuine, like in a in a just world, the guitar is a valid instrument, people, and synth music 
deserves a place in modern uh, music. And uh, I love synthwave and retro and all that stuff. I think we all appreciate the morph music yeah. and the first two That's episodes. Why we really, music. really, really need a soundtrack release. Yes, please. I want to touch on the villain side because this is the part of the story where Boom Tower has stolen the Sporex and is using it to power himself up. Mm-hmm. And the only weak point in this episode is like Mucus makes this huge deal about how pissed off and how mad Void Knight's going to be. And he was. But then, like, the next scene, Boom Tower is just like, all right, I'm going to take all of you on. And it's like, what happened? I thought Void Knight would, like, eviscerate you. What was that conversation behind the in-between scenes? Because we didn't see Void Knight, like, berate him or try to take back the Sporex or any disagreement. And I don't know if that was, like, a part that was cut for time or or what but they made this big huge deal about void knight getting really angry that you've stolen a sporex and especially after the reveal at the end of episode eight he would be even more reason to like shut down boom tower I feel like there was a scene missing somewhere. Well, I was gonna say, we, we did get that scene where Boom Tower was about to fight the Rangers and Void Knight appeared and said, Boom Tower, what the hell do you think you're doing? Get back to base right now. And, and kind of berated him like that. Yeah, he did. But then he came back at the end of the episode to like do the, yeah. uh, to do the so Zord I think fight. off screen, there must've been a scene of Boom Tower being like, Oh, come on, Void Knight. I can totally beat them now. I'm super powerful. Let me try. What's the worst that can happen? I don't know. To me, that was the only, like, nitpick, nitpicky weak part yeah. of the episode. Yeah. It seemed like there was, like, a little bit of a forgotten thread there. Right. But otherwise, yeah, this was probably my favorite episode so far. I loved how excited Hobby was, though, to get his sword, too. Yeah. He was so genuinely, like, happy. 10 out of 10 for spikiness. And- <laughs> I think, <laughs> I was gonna say, I think I saw uh, Ranger Liz tweeting something like, he's a good spiky boy or something like that. <laughs> Javi, I think, was genuinely excited because he's the last one to get a Zord. Like, he's kind of been holding out this whole time. And yeah. it was a mix of like, hey, I finally discovered my Zord, but I'm also bonding with yeah. it. And Chance did a really good job acting that out. Mm-hmm. It, that was really great. The other thing that I thought was, it's such a small detail, and I don't know how many people caught it, but when they meet back up at Buzz Blast at the end of the episode, and Chance tries to do a fist bump at Zato, and Zato just grabs his fist, and Javi's got this, like, super confused look, but the scene of dialogue just keeps going, like, without a beat, and I'm like, that is so freaking hilarious. Like that just out of context, like Javi goes for the fist bump and Zato just palms the fist. Like that is not what is supposed to happen. I, I absolutely tweeted about that. Cause like right before Zato grabs his fist, he does a successful like fist tap with, with Ollie. And then he holds his fist out to Zato and Zato just grabs it and like pulls away <laughs> and Javi just looks at his fist like, what the hell? And like, like you said, the dialogue just keeps rolling between Izzy and Amelia. Like they're yep. none the wiser. And yeah, I tweeted something to the effect of like, this is the kind of subtle visual humor that I love. And yes. and of course, yes. Simon liked that tweet too. Of course. And like on that note though, too, Chance has like the, some of the best facial Oh, yeah, he's got great facial <laughs> right. I like the whole cast. Like, just... <laughs> yeah. 
It's great. He really does. It's awesome. The other fun bit is when they're all at the end of the episode and uh, Javi's playing his, yeah. his guitar and they're all dancing and Jane like shuts it down like, what's this music? And you hear the classic record scratch. <laughs> yeah. And then there's she's like, why wasn't I invited? Let's go. I love music. And, and you hear the, the like ADR loop group in the background. Someone's like, she's like the best boss ever. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then Zato doing his like weird dance thing. <laughs> and that reminds me though, too, there's another, there was an ADR in um, one of these other, other episodes. I can't remember if it was, this one or the one before or even the next one, maybe, where you're outside of Buzz Blast and people are just walking by and someone says something about, isn't your boss an android? And they're like, no, no, her assistant's the android. And like, that was kind of, <laughs> I don't Where was that? They, gosh, what episode was that? I can't remember. But either way, it was like people like just kind of on the street yeah. talking about Jane and Jape work, like casual conversation. <laughs> And it was hilarious. Like, it wasn't, like, hilarious, like, because it was funny. It was just, like, yeah. hilarious because it's, like, that's just a real conversation right there. Yeah. Like, that's the kind of real-life conversation we're having in the Power Rangers universe right now. Who's the guy that that is the Buzz Blast employee? What's his name? The guy with the glasses. And he was in a couple of these episodes. He talked to Mick in that oh, one uh, part of that it. That would be Stan. Stan, yeah. And he was the camera guy when Jane and Jay Borg were with the kids. And mm -hmm. I just like, I can't wait to see more of Stan just kind of in the background <laughs> because he's kind of like the one um, grid battle force person who was always at the control station. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It feels like he's going to be one of those characters where Stan's just around and there's like little scenes with him here and there. So. I, I thought that was, like, funny, too. Because, yeah, yeah I, the only reason I remember it's Stan is because of a funny bit of dialogue in the next episode we're going to talk about. Okay, quick break. Okay. Because we're, we're in the process between two episodes. So I got, like, a notification on my phone that someone messaged Ranger Command on their Instagram. It's totally spam, but I, I have to read this. And and the, the username, it's like, I'm at a Boogaloo 2109. It's like some ridiculous like string uh -huh. of letters. It says, hope you are good. I work with a client who needs podcasters to receive a review kit of their product and they will promote your podcast. If you are interested in teaming up with this brand and earning while doing so, message at smooth my Wow. And I'm like, what in the hell? I love a good sponsorship as the next podcast, but come on, you're going to have to do a lot harder yeah. than that to spam troll Not me. With our... Jesus. Oof. <laughs> it, was, it was just horrible. That's terrible. <laughs> All right. Episode eight. Holy crap. Yeah. Let's get into this. So episode eight, unexpected guest. Eighth episode of Power Rangers Dino Fury featuring the return of Mick Kanick from Power Rangers Ninja Steel, the debut of the Dino Fury Megazord Blade Formation and Warrior Formation, the maybe final appearance of Boom Tower, and the true reason why Void Knight is collecting the Sporex. 
Also featuring brief archive footage from the Ninja Steel Rangers and Grid Battle Force Rangers. This aired last weekend, April 17th, 2021. Again, written by Alan Dale, Becca Barnes, and Maya Thompson, as well as directed by Michael Hurst. A familiar face arrives on Earth, and Zato dismisses his quest as a distraction. After he saves the Rangers from a powerful Sporex piece, Zato realizes an important lesson. Holy crap! Like, okay, so ever since the Power Rangers website leaked the images that Mick would be back, we were all speculating, like, oh, it's going to be like the third or fourth episode, whatever. None of that happened. And it was for the mid-season finale. And... We also got, there was also some images that were on that, that site that showed like that blue robot guy, Sporix guy that was hiding in the bushes and Mm -hmm. we haven't seen him at all. So I'm wondering if some of those pictures are from episode nine. Possibly. Mm. But either way, from the beginning, as soon as I knew that Mick was coming back, I was anticipating this episode so much and it did not disappoint at all it blew me out of the water like i do not know what i was expecting but it was not this like i got so much more than like i could even imagine everything was there we got the lore we got past legacy ranger Mm -hmm. mentions we got tension and drama but we also got a lot of actually really great humor In this episode. Yeah. A lot of wonderful moments. I've said time and again, one of the best things to come out of Ninja Steel was the character of Mick. And Mm -hmm. I don't think Kelson Henderson can do any wrong. He's my JDF when it comes to to Power Rangers. Like someone with this amount of screen time in Power Rangers, I think the different characters he plays... And he didn't miss a single beat in reprising Mick. Yeah. I will always advocate for Kelson Henderson. I was a fan of his work back in the day, of course, with with SPD and and with Mystic Force and all that. But then, like, getting to actually hang out with him and spend an extended amount of time with him at Power Morphicon, the dude's just genuinely sweet and funny and just a good person. So I will always go Mm -hmm. to bat for Kelson Henderson. It's really good to know. Uh, he really is. We, you know, I, I worked his table for most of Sunday and uh, just getting to kind of hang out and chat and talking about more than Power Rangers, obviously, because I'm not going to sit there for mm-hmm. the entire six hours and be like, um, so like, did you get to um wear the orange <laughs> ranger suit? <laughs> we're we're going to yeah. talk about just stuff. And, and yeah, he's he's a great guy. And so getting to see him back as Mick was awesome. I I thought he contributed so much more to the episode than I was prepared for. Mm -hmm. Part of me was worried that he was going to be maybe the mentor for the season or Mick was going to be sticking around as like a... Kind of like a constant part maybe here and there. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I felt the same way. I was like, oh man, is he going to be part of this the whole time? And I don't mind it if it's it's like this. It wasn't even like I was worried it was going to be him. It was more like, are they connecting this to Ninja Steel somehow? Is this going to be like, Mick's going to mentor this team too? And then, of course, we got the season. Um, We realized that's not the case. 
And then Mick does show up, and it was just so much more than what I was expecting. Like, there was actual, like, lore involved, and he had a purpose, and it was an amazing episode. Just, I cannot describe how awesome this episode was. Kind of in the same boat as UAP, where it's like, I I didn't expect what we got. I expected it to be a very shallow kind of like, oh, Mick's here looking for the prism. Yeah. Oh, Mm -hmm. okay, they found the prism. Oh, okay, that's the, the whole episode. Yay. But like yeah. getting the info dump that we got, getting the the, the lore, yes. the backstory, the connective yes. tissue that we again we kind of talked about it back at the top of the episode. But getting all of that cool backstory was just the icing on the cake. It was just so much more than I expected. I love being surprised like I that. I really enjoyed Mick and Solon's chemistry. Yes. Yo. Yes. Yes. The bit that I loved, and I have it. I live tweeted here is he asks her, you know, do, do you have a kitchen? And she goes, well, yes, of course. But why a kitchen? And he goes, because I have an idea. Also, I'm hungry. And she goes, hmm, same. Same. And it's like, <laughs> yep. Okay. Did, did like, they just become best friends. I want a Mick and Solon spinoff. It doesn't have to be a full series. Just give me a little, you know, five episode mini where they're hanging out and like meeting various ranger teams and doing goofy shenanigans. I would love that. Making cooking videos. Making <laughs> cooking videos. <laughs> yes. I don't know. <laughs> well, what was great about just for me seeing Mick, he like morphed and changed more in this episode than he did, I think, in the entirety of Ninja Steel. Yeah. I think we saw more of his shape-shifting abilities and putting them to good use than at any time throughout Ninja Steel. And the direction in this episode was fantastic. And these past three episodes was fantastic by Michael Hurst. Like, when when Mick was trying to hide from... What the hell was this monster called? Wolfgang, yeah. When he was trying to hide from Wolfgang and Wolfgang like turns around and sees him like cowering and it was like that zoom effect. And you see, (laughs) which I don't think we ever saw in Ninja Steel, like Mick's hair taking on a personality of its own. Like, yes, (laughs) it was like living embodiment of being scared. It's like his hair was also a personality. And (laughs) <laughs> is he pointing out like, whoa, your hair? <laughs> yes. <laughs> For some reason, I couldn't stop laughing at her, at her reaction. It was just like, oh yeah, nice to meet you. Oh my God, your hair. <laughs> <laughs> I also, with his uh, shape-shifting, the bit with him sneaking into Buzz Blast by shape-shifting as a package. Which had the Shortland Street Which had the Shortland Street address, which was just mwah, chef's kiss. Which is also a street in New Zealand, though. Yeah. So Yes, it is a real street, but it's also the show that Simon Bennett produced. Right. Yes. Yeah. It works on many levels. Yeah. <laughs> it does. It, work, it works on so many nice levels. Nice little Easter egg. And this is what we are talking about with, with Stan. The reason I remembered why his name is yes. Stan. He walks up and he's like, oh, I love being here. Hey, Maddie, great to see you. And you just hear this guy go, uh, it's Stan. <laughs> Just more of that great dialogue-based humor that's real subtle but super hysterical. And something I noticed that I didn't notice before on Mick's shapeshifting is that there's always a tuft of hair on whatever object he shapeshifts into. Because if you look closely when the car is zipping around... There's a little bit of Mick's hair like (laughs) on the top of the roof, like flapping in the wind. And I'm like... What a great little attention to detail with that. 
Mm-hmm. I love this whole freaking episode. I, I love the oh, setup. Yeah. The only thing that I didn't quite like, and this is something that I've seen other people mention too, is just kind of how cold Zato was to him at the beginning. Yeah, Zato was super harsh. Right. It seemed a little weird, but after they warmed up and he realized that Mick had a purpose and he was helpful and he was there for a reason and they could help each other out. Yeah. It, it was good after that. I even liked how um, Zeta was like, hey, have you heard of Ravcom? They just kind of got into that whole little like alien, a uh, yeah. little bit of an alien conversation. It was a very good episode. I love the connection to past seasons, too. We'll have a full conversation on that. But to your point, AP, with Zeta being kind of out of character, when Zeta explained at the end of the episode that, and I love this bit of direction where he says, well, we had a lot going on. Well, and he stops at we and says, I had a lot on my mind. And it was about that setup when their Zords were almost destroyed. Like they were all falling apart because of Wolfgang's attack. And this is something I tweeted out. I'm like, and Simon Bennett like liked and and retweeted. If you think about it, this scene where all the Zords are falling apart is terrifying if you think that the Dino Fury Zords are sentient. Yeah. This is straight up terrifying. Suddenly my arm falls off and it's like, oh. Right. It's not good. And so I think Zato being super focused in that moment of, oh my God, my friends are being destroyed and torn apart. We need to find out the cause of this. And then you got some random guy in your face going, oh, I love all the Power Rangers and let me get a selfie. And it's like, nah. Like, now's not the time, bro. Yeah. Like. Exactly. <laughs> I understand where, where Zato is coming from. Yeah. But I was kind of with everyone else, too, at first. I'm like, whoa, chill out, man. Yeah. And the great thing about the acting in that scene, look on all the other characters' faces, especially Izzy's. She's like, whoa, like, yikes, dude. Like, a little bit harsh. When when they, like, right before they all teleport out. And even the looks on their faces as they're telling poor now, it's like, they know, okay, Zato, we know what the mission is, but did you have to be such a jerk? Mm -hmm. One other thing I want to mention is the subversion of my expectations in regards to that cake. Okay. So we see Jane making a giant cake for a video. I know where you're going with this. And my instant thought was to shudder and like recoil of like, oh God, someone's going into the cake. There's going to be like 10 million pounds of goo frosting. (laughs) Like this is a Ben and Betty situation. Abort, abort, abort. And then for Mick to transform into a basketball and then bounce into the cake, but only have like a little bit of frosting splatter across Jane's nose. I get that we have to have that physical comedy. That is the best possible way you do that physical comedy because Mm -hmm. that was entirely bearable and I I did not cringe as hard as I I could have. Yeah. I was pleasantly surprised. I'll say that. I expected the worst, but I got something much more palatable. Mm -hmm. I was totally with you on that for sure. I'd, I'd have to agree as well. I thought the integration of Mick into this episode... And there was so much packed in this episode, but it it didn't feel like overstuffed or bloated. Yeah. There was a lot of story in this episode. Yes. And how they connected, because when we saw like those preview stills, 
I was wondering, I'm like, well, why does Zato have his antenna out, like out in public like that? What's going on? Mm -hmm. And then they brought back that empathy, that touch telepathy that he has from episode one and two. And they brought it back full circle with his abilities. Well, he said, well, the Nexus prism is alive, isn't it? I can read its thoughts. As soon as he said that, I'm like, oh, wait what we're getting like actual backstory as soon, as soon as that opening shot with the Morphin masters and you see the dino gems, I freaking lost. I had goosebumps. I had literal goosebumps. It took my brain a solid minute to process what I was seeing. I was like, okay, so we got the Morphin masters. This is awesome. What is that? They're holding. Oh, they look at some gems. Okay. What color? Red, blue, yellow, white, black. (gasps) (laughs) Yeah, and then the other Morphin Master creating the Energems, then the Nexus Prism itself. And it it made sense because even throughout all of Ninja Steel, the Nexus Prism was super mysterious. And even by the end of two seasons, we didn't know what the hell was, was going on with it. And so to get that context even a little bit more and to make it less mysterious was fantastic. Yeah. To think that in some way that the Morphin Masters are still out there, and even to this day, they're giving the Ninja Nexus Prism, like, missions. Yeah. It said it was on a mission. I keep saying Ninja Nexus Prism because that's what it's been. We got so used to calling it during Ninja Steel, yeah. But I do like that they just called it the Nexus Prism in this and, like, mm-hmm. dropped the Ninja stuff completely. Like, there was a little bit of it when they taught, but they didn't say, oh, Ninja Nexus Prism. It was just the Nexus Prism. Yeah. And I like that because it kind of removes some of the, like, racist, like, a bunch of white people are <laughs> ninjas. Like, what's that about? It also kind of opens it up to, like, the Nexus Prism could be a power delivery vehicle for future seasons, maybe. It's a Nexus. Yeah. It's more than just Ninja. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And that's why I like that they opened it up like that. We've got that ability now. Yes, it can be kind of like a MacGuffin for sure. Because that's what it was in Ninja Steel. It's like, oh, here's your powers. Here's your powers. But the fact that it can be almost like an agent of the Morphin Masters because it's on its own mission, that's Mm -hmm. great. That, That opens up more story possibilities. The writing team and Simon's direction and the influence that Chip had with the Morphin Masters and, and that lore, it all just comes together in that the writers and Simon have a huge plan for this season. And it is shocking that we are only on episode eight of 44 episodes of what we get. I have no idea how the rest of these 32 or whatever episodes are going to pan out. Not 32, 36. And Mm -hmm. 36 episodes, that's five times more than what we've already gone. And they have those Morphin Master suits, so they could do more scenes. And Mm -hmm. uh, I'm just, I'm almost speechless because the, the amount of story possibilities that this opens up, not just for this season, but the connective tissue through almost 30 years of Power Rangers. This is the stuff that longtime fans have craved. Yeah. 
but for the kids, they're like, hey, remember, remember Beast Morphers last year? Remember Ninja Steel? Like, hey, we've got those scenes for you. And that's what you were saying, AP, earlier. It it feels like that modern day Zordon era feeling, but for kids of today. Yep. It gives you a reason to keep paying attention. Yeah. And you don't you don't have to stop. It's nice. It just feels like there's some more care being put into it. It's not just like, oh, this season's done. Oh, this season's done. Oh, now we're doing another one. There's actually some thought put into this to try to keep people engaged. And to keep them fans of the season, like seasons upon seasons. It's not just a one and done anymore. And it's, we haven't gotten that in such a long time. Which is mind boggling to me because I've seen some comments that are like, well, why do we need this season to finish off the story for other seasons and give us answers to other seasons? And it's like, um, hello, if you were a fan from the beginning. They did that all the time. They've they done that, that all like the time. Sh- they did that for like 10 straight years. Yeah, the entire Zordon era, the entire Saban original era. There was so much connective tissue and and all of that stuff. It's like, yeah, there were other answers to things in other seasons and there was other references and things going on. Uh, things like the Onyx Tavern showing up in, in different space seasons and mm-hmm. things being brought back like the Alliance of Evil and Countdown to Destruction and Forever Red and all these connective elements. Yeah, mm-hmm. that that's what makes a universe like this a universe. And if what Dino Fury is doing is to connect all these more recent seasons of the, of the past 10 years, then by all means, go ahead. I'm glad that there's more context for stupid things like the Nexus Prism, where throughout Super Steel, it was just one big MacGuffin machine. And there was no greater context of like, now we have an origin story. Now we know where the hell it comes from. And even mm-hmm. even Mick, I was so excited that he said, oh, it's the legendary Ranger database. Gee, where have we heard that before? Megaforce and the comics and... Technically well, Dino Thunder too. Yeah. And Dino I mean, Thunder. Yep. Exactly. With Tommy's database and and that weird DVD short with that glowing rock that was like, oh, I'm the morphing grid and showed Ethan and Kira the future of, of SPD and stuff. It's all coming together now with mm-hmm. just the simple inclusion of the Morphin Masters. Yeah. It's brilliant. It really is. And this is kind of just what we've been wanting for such a long time. It's just more of a connected story and just more lore and some care put into it. Some explanations. None of it's just like, whole, oh, this happened. There's no, no rhyme or reason for it. But it's, it's not, I like that it's not an exposition dump either. Yes. It's, it's included with the episode yes. because it's still mysterious. We don't know what the prism was doing in the water. It just left. And it was fairly, that was consistent with what it did <laughs> in, in Ninja Steel. It would just go like, well, my work here is done. Yeah. Like, and they even mentioned that too. Yeah. Even, uh, yep. Was it Mick and uh, Solon? They're like, no, we actually didn't figure anything out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We don't know. It just yeah. kind of showed up and then it uh, went away. I think it would be wonderful if that's what, I, I have a feeling of where they're going because it, it showed up in the water. The Six Ranger Zord is the Mosasaur, which was a water-based mm-hmm. Zord. So I think the prism kind of jump-started 
Ion, and that's why we'll see him in the next episode, hopefully. Which, hey, hey, Power Rangers, uh, Power Rangers Day, August 28th, is a Saturday this year. Hey. It would be great if that's when we come back from hiatus. That would be saying. a fantastic idea. What a great way to end Power Month, huh? Right? Wink. Wink. <laughs> Wink. We're Wink. winking as hard as we can here, Hasbro and Nickelodeon. <laughs> This whole episode was an absolute treat. Yeah. And in terms of, of lore building, fantastic. But yeah. the huge reveal at the dun, end dun, that dun. Void Knight has a whole purpose and he needs the Sporix energy to restore his love, Santora, which was only found out in the credits her name mm. and there's that tour in there like kind of like dinosaur or you know it's it's an alien sounding name and it opens up so many new questions is <gasps> is void knight from rafcon i think he is or is he human remember zato said in the beginning he's like how'd you get that armor yep mm. mm-hmm. and what if because Rue Soldier did have the, the brown ranger armor. So there is another armor. And people were like, oh, well, is Mick going to be a, a Dino Fury Ranger too? I think she might be the brown ranger. I don't see. That's a different theory than what I have. What's your theory? All right. So Void Knight's armor, obviously, like we said, is recognized by Zato. What if that was one of the knights that came to Earth to help with the Sporex fight? And. What if Santora was either the original pink or green Oh, and fell in battle and that's what caused the Void Knight person to be like, I'm turning away from this battle because my love has fallen and I need to save her. Wow. I don't know. I just, I really now all of a sudden I, I want an episode where like Zato gets to Area 62 and finds her in the chamber and is like, oh. <gasps> I know you. And it's like, oh, ah! but it's, it's again. What, what if that's the season? Wild finale? speculation Can you imagine on that? my part. Absolutely wild oh. speculation. Oh my God. But if I turn out to be right, I am going to literally <laughs> scream. <laughs> so clip this in case I'm right. <laughs> right, right, right. I, I definitely will. I definitely will. <laughs> that's why I'm so excited. Yeah. We're excited for the possibility. We're excited for the the, the direction the story is going to take. We're excited to see what happens next. And that is why, like many of you, we are so sad that we have to be in this hiatus right now. Even though we're on hiatus now, though, this is such a strong note to end Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm actually looking forward to what we're going to get next. And mm. I'm having that debate. It's like, do I want to consume all of it now when it comes out for international spoilers, or do I want to dodge spoilers and, and, and be surprised in the fall? I, I don't know. I don't know. Like I'm so, I'm so into it. I really want to know what happens next, but also I'm so into it that I still want to be like, surprised. yeah, it's, it's that real catch 22. I want to have that excitement for when it actually airs in the U.S. because yeah. now I feel like I don't want to take away the work that they're doing. Like, let's let the international fans have their fun with with Simon. And I get it. The, the hiatus sucks. And we've been dealing with the hiatus for like 11 years. It stinks. It's terrible. But that's the situation that we're in, yeah. you know? <laughs> 
Well, there are plenty of fans in Ranger Nation that will also miss Dino Fury during the hiatus. And we're going to move on to our Ranger Nation answers, where we ask, how do you feel about Power Rangers Dino Fury so far? Will you miss it during the hiatus? Oh, Jesus Christ, there's a lot. Yeah. That's why we need to get through this. So on Twitter, we've got Jason O'Rear. At Jason O'Rear, he uh, did a direct message for us and, and left us this. He said, hey, guys, so here are my thoughts on Dino Fury so far. Dino Fury has settled into itself, and my cautious optimism has turned into regular excitement. In fact, going into hiatus, I'm actually going to miss my weekly dose on Saturday mornings. The fights, cast, and music are standouts, but this season has done what even some big-budget blockbusters miss, focus on character. We know our five leads better in eight episodes then we have known other teams after a full season or two. We don't just get glimpses of what lessons they learn in focus episodes, but we know their personalities through smaller inter-ranger interactions. Amelia's relationship with Ollie is different from her relationship with Zato. Izzy's relationship with Javi is different from her relationship with Amelia, and so on. We have been given these smaller moments that show how our leads interact and behave with each other. They feel like real people. It seems like Void Knight is even going to have some depth. That's why Dino Fury has felt special to me. We always come for Morphing and Zord fights, but Dino Fury has made us stay because we care about the characters. Jason, amen, 100%. Nail on the head. Zachary at Zachary267. 52983 said Mick becomes a silver ranger. I don't know. I I okay. want Mick, I want Mick to be Mick and that's yeah. it. Oh, uh speaking of which, I love that the fact that we actually get to see a space taxi when he leaves. Yeah, that was fun. He talked all about space taxis in Ninja Steel and we never saw one and now we know what one looks like. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I love that the Dino Fury Rangers were just as confused as to what the hell a space yep, taxi yep. was. Perfect. Embrace the kookiness, Power yes. Rangers. Embrace the strange. <laughs> uh, Adam at Little Adam 87 said, It feels like Power Rangers is reaching its show potential with Dino Fury. It's fun, slick, and cool, cool, coolio. One, that, that's one the one and episode. done for this episode. Uh, anyone and everyone can enjoy this show. We'll definitely miss it during the hiatus and will greatly anticipate its return. Ranger Chronicles podcast at Ranger Cron Pod said, I am thoroughly enjoying the series so far. I love these characters and their quirks. The slow build on mysteries has been fun as well. And the music has been top notch. My only gripe is that, as good as the show is, it makes the hiatus that much tougher to suffer through. <laughs> it Takes Two to Toku at It Takes Two to Toku said, We've really been enjoying it. Love all the characters, the cast has some really great chemistry, and the stories are a nice blend of episodic and lore building. It's going to be a really tough hiatus. Thankfully, the cast has really great social media, which will help fill the void. Tukai Jake at Blaze underscore Guinan said, absolutely will miss it. I haven't had this much fun and excitement watching Power Rangers in a long time. I love the characters, the writing, and the story. I wish it didn't have to go to hiatus. I also wish that. 
John at the HLS John said, loving it so far. I stopped caring about the show for a while, but I still wanted to give Dino Fury a chance, and it has me hooked. Can't wait for the hiatus to pass. Tyler Waldman at Aerosef said, I haven't been let down yet. It's great to see what the show can do with fewer dictates. Lots of pleasant surprises. PR has only given me a couple unspoiled surprises in the past couple of years. Vengex's survival and Falcon's Ord. The Rona ruled out Big Ranger cameos, but unexpectedly, we as fans are being thrown bigger and more meaningful bones, particularly in the form of Mick and the Morphin Masters. The Masters were as expected as the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> and no one expects the Spanish Inquisition. Uh. <laughs> uh, Hunter Dino just liked our We're Recording Tomorrow Night Ranger Nation Answers tweet. So. Oh, dear. Oh, are dear. we going to have a late edition? <laughs> Is she going to have a Ranger Nation answer? Uh, I'll I'll keep an eye on Twitter live. Yeah. Varan at Mr. Cooper 92 said, I really enjoy Dino Fury. These episodes we have received were some of the best written episodes in the past 10 years. The action is amazing. The characters are great together. Izzy eyes. And I will definitely miss it during the hiatus. Simon Bennett is really something special. Couldn't agree more, man. That's more phenomenal at underscore more phenomenal underscore said, I'm enjoying this season so far and hope they keep pace after the hiatus. While not perfect, the story so far is one of the better ones in a long while. Dinodog96 at dconnin2837962 said, I hope we get some kind of hint regarding who held Void Knight's lover in containment because these guys have to be tougher than the Sporex, right? Mm. Matt at Matt underscore Johnson underscore 89 said, for me, it's easily been the best season since RPM. The quality of every episode has been high and each of the five Rangers has had a chance to shine. I'll no doubt rewatch it all at least once during the hiatus. And remember, beginning this Saturday, April 24th, Nickelodeon will re-air the Dino Fury episodes. Catch up or re-watch your favorite episodes before the series returns with all new episodes coming in the fall. Or go all Dino this summer with full episodes of Dino Thunder, now available on the official Power Rangers YouTube channel. So that's, that's a little note from Hasbro. There you go. Cool. Cool coolio. No, we already had one. <laughs> no. <laughs> Huga Zenkai Thrasher at Huga Thrash 313 said, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but said, there hasn't been a Power Rangers show that I can say that I've enjoyed watching since RPM. It's not perfect and it has its flaws, but with one bad thing, there are like five good things about Dino Fury. I can't wait for the hiatus to be over. Cosmic Ranger at Cosmic Ranger 006 said, I'm missing it now, LOL. That last episode was everything I could ever want when it comes to the lore of the Morphin Masters and the grid itself, and the DF team themselves are some of the best characters we've had in years. So waiting for new episodes is going to be painful. Eric Cunningham at Oitzerik says, Yes, I will miss it. I have enjoyed getting up and watching it on Saturday mornings. The team is fun. Edward Sanchez at Edward is so cool said Power Rangers Dino Fury has been dinotastic so far, and I'm looking forward to finding out more about Void Knight, especially after the reveal of his wife in the mid-season finale. Kimmy72 at Kimmy72 underscore towel 
said, I love this show. The Senkai 5 at Sentai 5 says, It's really been a solid run so far, and I can only pray it keeps up after the hiatus. I'll miss it a bit, but there's plenty of shows that'll occupy my time, both Toku and Nan. Props to the team on tying the mid-season finale to Ninja Steel and actually making something meaningful. Josh Perry Gear Key at Living Ranger Key said, I've been enjoying it way more than I ever expected to. I'm always a fan of Deep Cuts, and Dino Fury has not disappointed. Love what I'm seeing. This year, the wait during hiatus is going to be worse than usual for sure. Cole Horofsky at Nicholas Hirsoff 1 said, This is definitely going to be a long few months. What I like is that they have been getting better at teasing the second half of the season. Beast Morpher Season 2 had a solid cliffhanger, and this season had a crossover, a lure drop, and a semi-cliffhanger with Void Knight. Previous seasons usually just introduce or tease the Sixth Ranger in the last pre-hiatus episode to bring kids back, but I've always felt they should be doing what they've done these past two seasons. Ingwald Cornelius at Tracheotomatic says, Dino Fury has far and away been one of my favorite seasons in part because of the care and quality put into the writing and direction, and in part because of the care and quality put into the performances. I also feel the shift in tone from breaking away from the Saban formula of writing has been a massive boon, not relying so much on slapstick or a specific set of characters to carry the comedic load has allowed it to breathe through the dialogue and the character moments that aren't just funny, they're genuine, and the actors have been equal to the task. Mikey B. at Ranger Darkness said, I completely agree. Dino Fury is the first series in a long time that I can't wait for new episodes. Pascal Tri-Captain at Tri-Cap-Fan said, Dino Fury's eight episodes so far have been pretty good. The dialogue has certainly improved, and in turn, the characters feel more real. The story has intrigued me more than any other season in the past five years. Overall, I'd give Dino Fury an eight out of ten so far. We won, hashtag actually autistic, at Janaeus, has said, It's great, and I won't miss it. Okay, then. AJ at Toku Muffin said, I really enjoy it. There's just something about it that really sets it apart from previous recent seasons. The cast have great chemistry, and they're really making something special here. There's potential for this to be really great. We'll definitely miss it during the hiatus. Devion YT off on a PR binge at Devion141 said, I've definitely been having a blast with Power Rangers Dino Fury. It's really fun and exciting to watch. I'm definitely going to miss the show during the hiatus, but I'm also excited to see what's next for the show, such as the gold Dino Fury Ranger Ion and Wise Ru's counterpart. I think that's the, the blue guy. Sorry. Oh, uh, you're right. Patty at It's Ya Patty Boy said, I think Dino Fury has been good so far on par with Beast Morphers first season. But my god, that cliffhanger in episode 8, I really want to know what Void Knight's whole deal is now. Kyle at Deadpool underscore Ranger said, I absolutely love this series so far. I'm definitely going to miss it during the hiatus. I know we aren't very far in, but I'd go so far as to say that it's easily in my top five. Ranger Liz at Ranger underscore Liz said, I couldn't tell you the last time I enjoyed eight episodes in a row. Dino Fury has been a fantastic ride and this hiatus blows. Mason T. Merrill at Mason Merrill said, Really great buildup of the season. Enjoyed every episode. Character development has definitely been a focus for this season and I'm here for it. 
Including lore from different seasons has been a bonus. Mick's return was awesome, and showing a bit more of the Morphin Master's backstory was really great. More than anything, I'm enjoying the development of Void Knight. He's definitely an interesting villain. I don't think we've seen a cliffhanger like that for a villain in the show. Going to be a long summer waiting for the hiatus to end. Definitely hype to see where this all goes. RDWB1996 at Ruari Burt said, Some of the best Power Rangers content we've had in a long time. Uh, Joshua Aaron Moore at Kentucky Jam said, First time I've been upset and honestly even aware of the hiatus in a long time. Dino Fury has a legit shot to be the best season of this show since RPM for me. We'll be trying my best to avoid spoilers once the international airings start. Alex Martinez at Goji5464 said, Yeah, I'll miss it. I feel like we're just getting the gang back together and finally giving Void Knight some love because honestly, good impression, then it went away. Okay. Luke Early at Undead Number 9 said, Loving it so far. I haven't been this engaged in watching new episodes day of release since season one of Dino Charge. Every episode has been great, especially the cast. I will absolutely miss watching it during the hiatus. If it keeps this pace, it could be a top five season for me. Big Mike at Big Mike 8109 said, Not since Jungle Fury or Dino Thunder have the first eight episodes been this continuously good. Everything that is happening on this show has a reason and setting up eventual payoffs. The pacing is great and the delay of the Sixth Ranger until after episode eight is bold and welcomed. Floof at Floof underscore Ranger says, I'm loving it. It ain't perfect and I doubt it's going to top its Fury predecessor as my favorite season, but you can tell they're trying their best and it's mostly working. No show is perfect after all. And I will miss it. F*** you, Nickelodeon. F*** you. <laughs> moving, moving on to Facebook, Devin Hughes said, Love it so far, not perfect, but fun. Uh, Manuel Kobion said, So far it's pretty good. Hopefully season two keeps up the same energy. Now I have to buy a ticket to Australia to watch the rest of season one. <laughs> Scott Sandler says, I like that the introduction of the Gold Ranger in series was held until after the eighth episode, especially in a season that took its time filling out the core team. Four episodes of the main five just wouldn't have been enough. Mick felt more like a character than he did through all of Ninja Steel, and the reveal of the Morphin Master's observations explained a lot more than what was shown on screen. I have a feeling they only showed HD seasons because redubbing Kendrick's return or Mac becoming human was unnecessary when Steel's death, revival, and transformation was right there. Makes sense why Boom Tower's toy was put out so quickly since he was not going to make it to the fall half of the season. I have a feeling Ollie will have a focus episode early in the fall, whether it surrounds his dynamic with Aeon or not. As for whether I'll miss Dino Fury... I'd say I would, but a leery eye on international airings means it could be quote-unquote back in half the time than we expect this hiatus to last. And as Burgundy Ranger pointed out, Power Rangers Day falls on a Saturday, and there would be no better way to close out Power Month than with the show contributing to a new domestically released episode. Ooh, yeah, that's, that's right. Moving over to Instagram, the power scoop. So near at the power scoop said, 
If Beast Morphers was a step up from what we've gotten in the past, Dino Fury is the season that could drive the show even further, and I'm enjoying it. Simon Bennett said in a response to a tweet and in interviews that a lot of mandates from Saban were relaxed this season, and he feels the show could still go further. I think Dino Fury really shows that change and improvement. A lot of behind-the-scenes changes with the new executive producer and showrunner. This cast, the new composer, new directors, new second-unit director. Just everything came together at the right time to make this season a standout so far. And this is only the first eight episodes. Orange Ranger SPD7 said, I have seen like two episodes and liked them. So yes, I will miss the show and hope maybe they put them up in Netflix so I can watch the other episodes. Geekworks204 said, I wish I had a legal way to watch it. Danny Webster Cosplay said, I knew it'd be on hiatus after just the first eight episodes. Now I can watch them in one binge through the Nickelodeon app, Smiley Face. Well, I think the consensus is pretty clear. Pretty clear. Yeah. Pretty clear. Everyone is really loving Dino Fury. I know we all really enjoy it. And this hiatus is going to be a painful one, for sure. Well, uh, it's almost three hours of uh, Ranger Command content. So get ready, because it has to last you all of hiatus. (laughs) No, no, no. no, no. no. We we all have plenty of, of new episodes. AP, Zach, where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Secret Ranger Fan and sometimes on Facebook. <laughs> As I say, sometimes I post on the Ranger Command Facebook page. It's true. You will definitely know when it's me. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Zach Lavoy. I'm one of the weirdos who got their own full name as their Twitter username because i'm awesome like that uh or on i'm on the the tickety talks at uh hollywood zone <laughs> and uh of course you can find me at trekkieb47 on twitter and instagram as well as my lunchtime and design streams over on twitch at trekkieb47 over on twitch uh check me out there and we're definitely going to be back with some more ranger command soon and i thank everyone for listening especially these past couple months we've had some amazing interviews some great stuff coming from hasbro and just a lot to talk about with dino fury so we hope to keep that momentum going during the summer months we'll pivot a bit to more of ranger nation and maybe more of the lore of Power Rangers and some other fun things. So definitely stick with us. Again, you can listen to us uh, pretty much anywhere that there's a podcast app. So Ranger Nation, let us know what you think. If you have questions, you can email us at rangercommandpowerhour at gmail.com or check us out at rangercommand.com. We're on Twitter at rangercommandph and on Instagram and Facebook at rangercommandpowerhour, all one word and that's it thank you so much for listening stay tuned again and we'll catch you next time bye everybody bye everybody link to the morphin bye bye music is so good (laughs) you've been listening to the ranger command power hour only on the four-eyed radio network 
you can catch a new episode every other Saturday. Find us on the Morphin Grid at www.rangercommand.com. Follow us on Twitter at RangerCommandPH. Like us on Facebook and Instagram at RangerCommandPowerHour. Ranger Command is also on Patreon. Become a patron by pledging as much or as little as you like every month and receive cool perks. By pledging, you are helping us make our show even better. Go to patreon.com slash rangercommandph to learn more. Thanks for listening.